Book One, Chapter Seventeen, Volume One of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine Fitz. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume One, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book One. Chapter Seventeen. When Sir Arthur and King Ban and Bors beheld them and all their knights, they praised them much for their noble cheer of chivalry, for the hardiest fighters that they ever heard or saw. With that, there dressed them a forty noble knights, and said unto the three kings that they would break their battle. These were their names: Leonessus, Ferriance, Ulfius, Brastius, Hector, Kay. Lucas the butler, Griflet le Fles de Dieu, Mariette de la Roche, Guinness de Blois, Briant de la Forest Sauvage, Bellius, Morians of the Castle Maidens, Flanadrius of the Castle of Ladies, Enesians that was King Bors' godson, a noble knight, Ladinus de la Rousse, Emmeraus, Caulus, Graciens le Castellane, One Blois de la Casse, and Sir Cole Grivance de Gore. All these knights rode on afore with spears on their thighs, and spurred their horses mightily as the horses might run. And the eleven kings, with part of their knights, rushed with their horses as fast as they might with their spears, and there they did on both parties marvellous deeds of arms. So came into the thick of the press Arthur, Ban, and Bors, and slew down right on both hands, that their horses went in blood up to the fetlocks. But ever the eleven kings and their host was ever in the visage of Arthur, wherefore Ban and Bors had great marvel, considering the great slaughter that there was. But at last they were driven aback over a little river. With that came Merlin on a great black horse, and said unto Arthur, Thou hast never done, hast thou not done enough? Of threescore thousand this day hast thou left alive but fifteen thousand, and it is time to say ho. For God is wroth with thee that thou wilt never have done, for yonder eleven kings at this time will not be overthrown. But, and thou tarry on them any longer, thy fortune will turn, and they shall increase. And therefore withdraw you unto your lodging, and rest you as soon as ye may, and reward your good knights with gold and with silver, for they have well deserved it. There may no riches be too dear for them, for of so few men as ye have, there were never men did more prowess than they have done to day for ye have matched this day with the best fighters of the world. That is truth, said King Ban and Bors. Also, said Merlin, withdraw you where ye list, for this three year I dare undertake they shall not dare you, and by then ye shall hear new tidings. And then Merlin said unto Arthur, These eleven kings have more on hand than they are aware of, for the Saracens are landed in their countries, more than forty thousand, that burn and slay, and have laid siege at the castle Wandesborough and make great destruction. Therefore dread you not these three year. Also, sir, all the goods that be gotten at this battle, let it be searched, and when ye have it in their hands, let it be freely given unto these two kings, Ban and Bor, that they may reward their knights withal, and that shall cause strangers to be of better will to do you service at need. Also, you be able to reward your own knights of your own goods whensoever it liketh you. It is well said, quoth Arthur, and as thou hast devised, so shall it be done. 
when it was delivered to Ban and Bors, they gave the goods as freely to their knights, as freely as it was given to them. Then Merlin took his leave of Arthur and of the two kings, for to go and see his master Blees, that dwelt in Northumberland. And so he departed and came to his master, that was passing glad of his coming. And there he told how Arthur and the two kings had sped at the great battle, and how it was ended, and told the names of every king and knight of worship that was there. And so Blaise wrote the battle word by word, as Merlin told him, how it began, and by whom, and in likewise how it was ended, and who had the worse. All the battles that were done in Arthur's days, Merlin did his master Blaise do right. Also he did do right all the battles that every worthy knight did of Arthur's court. After this Merlin departed from his master, and came to King Arthur, that was in the castle of Bedigrain, that was one of the castles that stand in the forest of Sherwood. And Merlin was so disguised that Arthur knew him not, for he was all befurred in black sheepskins, and a great pair of boots, and a bow and arrows in a russet gown, and brought wild geese in his hand and it was on the morn after Candlemas day. But King Arthur knew him not. Sir, said Merlin unto the king, will ye give me a gift? Wherefore, said King Arthur, should I give thee a gift, churl? Sir, said Merlin, ye were better to give me a gift that is not in your hand, than to lose great riches. For here in the same place where the great battle was, is great treasure hid in the earth. Who told thee, sir, churl? said Arthur. Merlin told me so, said he. Then Ulfius and Brastius knew him well enough, and smiled. Sir, said these two knights, it is Merlin that speaketh so unto you. Then King Arthur was greatly abashed, and had marvel of Merlin, and so had King Ban and King Bors, and so they had great disported him. So, in the meanwhile, there came a damosel that was an earl's daughter. His name was Sanum, and her name was Leonors, a passing fair damosel and she came thither for to do homage, as other lords did after the great battle. And King Arthur set his love greatly upon her, and so did she upon him, and the king had ado with her, and get on her a child. His name was Bor, that was after a good knight, and of the table round. Then there came word that the king Rance of North Wales made great war on King Leodegrance of Cameliard. For the which thing Arthur was wroth, for he loved him well, and hated King Rance, for he was alway against him. So, by ordinance of the three kings that were sent home unto Benwick, all they would depart for dread of King Claudus, and Ferience, and Antimus, and Gratian, and Leonisus of Parin, with the leaders of those that should keep the king's land. Chapter 18 And then King Arthur, and King Ban, and King Bors departed with their fellowship, a thirty thousand, and came within six days into the country of Cameliard, and there rescued King Leodegrance, and slew there much people of King Rance, unto the number of ten thousand men, and put him to flight. And then had these three kings great cheer of King Leodegrance, that thanked them of their great goodness, that they would revenge him of his enemies. And there had Arthur the first sight of Guinevere, the king's daughter of Cameliard, and ever after he loved her after they were wedded, as it telleth in the book. So, briefly to make an end, they took their leave to go into their own countries, for King Claudus did great destruction on their lands. Then said Arthur, I will go with you. Nay, said the kings, ye shall not at this time, for ye have much to do yet in these lands. 
Therefore we will depart, and with the great goods that we have gotten in these lands by your gifts, we shall wage good nights and withstand the King Claudus' malice. For, by the grace of God, and we have need, we will send to you for your succour. And if ye have need, send to us, and we will not tarry, by the faith of our bodies. It shall not, said Merlin, need that these two kings come again in the way of war. But I know well King Arthur may not be long from you, for within a year or two ye shall have great need, and then shall he revenge you on your enemies, as ye have done on his. For these eleven kings shall die all in a day by the great might and prowess of arms of two valiant knights, as it telleth after. Their names be Balin the Savage, and Balin his brother, that be marvellous good knights as any living. Now turn we to the eleven kings that returned unto a city that heights or hout, the which city was within King Urien's, and there they refreshed them as well as they might, and made leeches search their wounds, and sorrowed greatly for the death of their people. With that there came a messenger, and told how there was come into their lands people that were lawless, as well as Saracens, of forty thousand, and have burnt and slain all the people that they may come by, without mercy, and have laid siege on the castle of Wandsborough. Alas, said the eleven kings, here is sorrow upon sorrow, and if we had not warred against Arthur as we have done, he would soon revenge us. As for King Leodegrance, he loveth Arthur better than us, and as for King Rience, he hath enough to do with Leodegrance, for he hath laid siege unto him. So they consented together to keep all the marches of Cornwall, of Wales, and of the north. So, first, they put King Idris in the city of Nauntus in Britain, with four thousand men of arms, to watch both the water and the land. Also they put in the city of Windeson, King Nentris of Garlo, with four thousand knights to watch both water and on land. Also they had of other men of war more than eight thousand, for to fortify all the fortresses in the marches of Cornwall. Also they put more knights in all the marshes of Wales and Scotland, with many good men of arms, and so they kept them together the space of three year, and ever allied them with mighty kings and dukes and lords. And to them fell King Rience of North Wales, the which and Nero that was a mighty man of men. And all this while they furnished them and garnished them of good men of arms and victual, and of all matter of habiliment that pretendeth to the war, to avenge them for the battle of Bedegrain, as it telleth in the book of the adventures following. Chapter 19 Then, after the departing of King Bors and King Ban, King Arthur rode into Carleon, and thither came to him King Lot's wife of Orkney, in manner of a message, but she was sent thither to espy the court of King Arthur, and she came richly beseen, with her four sons, Gawain, Geharis, Agravain, and Gareth, with many other knights and ladies. For she was a passing fair lady, therefore the king cast great love unto her, and desired to lie with her. So they were agreed, and he begat upon her Mordred and she was his sister on his mother's side, Igraine. So there she rested her a month, and at the last departed. Then the king dreamed a marvellous dream, whereof he was sore adread. But all this time King Arthur knew not that King Lot's wife was his sister. Thus was the dream of Arthur. Him thought there was come unto this land griffins and serpents, and him thought they burnt and slew all the people in the land, and then him thought he thought with them and they did him passing great harm, and wounded him full sore. 
but at the last he slew them. When the king awaked, he was passing heavy of his dream, and so to put it out of thoughts he made him ready with many knights to ride a-hunting. As soon as he was in the forest, the king saw a great hart afore him. This hart I will chase, said King Arthur, and so he spurred the horse and rode after long, and so by fine force oft he was like to have smitten the hart, whereas the king had chased the hart so long that his horse lost his breath and fell down dead. Then a yeoman fetched the king another horse. So the king saw the hart embushed, and his horse dead, he set him down by a fountain, and there he fell in great thoughts. And as he sat so, him thought he heard a noise of hounds, to the sum of thirty. And with that the king saw coming toward him the strangest beast that he ever saw or heard of. So the beast went to the well and drank, and the noise was in the beast's belly, like unto the questing of thirty couple hounds. But all the while the beast drank there was no noise in the beast's belly. And there with the beast departed with a great noise, whereof the king had great marvel. And so he was in a great thought, and therewith he fell asleep. Right so there came a knight afoot unto Arthur, and said, Knight full of thought and sleepy, tell me if thou sawest a strange beast pass this way. Such one saw I, said King Arthur, that is past two mile. What would ye with the beast? said Arthur. Sir, I have followed that beast long time, and killed mine horse, so I would God I had another to follow my quest. Right so came one with the king's horse, and when the knight saw the horse, he prayed the king to give him the horse, for I have followed this quest this twelve month, and either I shall achieve him, or bleed of the best blood of my body. Pellinore, that time king, followed the questing beast, and after his death Sir Palamedes followed it. CHAPTER Twenty. Sir Knight, said the king, leave that quest, and suffer me to have it, and I will follow it another twelve-month. Ah, fool, said the knight unto Arthur, it is in vain thy desire, for it shall never be achieved but by me, or by my next kin. Therewith he started unto the king's horse, and mounted unto the saddle, and said, Gramercy, this horse is my own. Well, said the king, thou mayest take my horse by force, but an I might prove thee whether thou wert better on horseback or I. Well, said the knight, Seek me here when thou wilt, and here nigh this well thou shalt find me, and so passed on his way. Then the king sat in his study, and bade his men fetch his horse as fast as ever they might. Right so came by him Merlin like a child of fourteen year of age, and saluted the king, and asked him why he was so pensive. I may well be pensive, said the king, for I have seen the marvellous sight that I ever saw. That I know well, said Merlin, as well as thyself, and of all thy thoughts. But thou art a fool to take thought, for it will not amend thee. Also I know what thou art, and who was thy father, and of whom thou wert begotten. King Uther Pendragon was thy father, and begat thee on Igraine. That is false, said King Arthur. How shouldst thou know it, for thou art not so old of years to know my father? Yes, said Merlin, I know it better than ye or any man living. I will not believe thee, said Arthur, and was so wroth with the child. So departed Merlin, and came again in the likeness of an old man of fourscore year of age, whereof the king was right glad, for he seemed to be right wise. Then said the old man, Why are ye so sad? I may well be heavy, said Arthur, for many things. Also here was a child, and he told me many things that me seemeth he should not know, for he was not of age to know my father. Yes, said the old man, the child told you truth and more he would have told you, and ye would have suffered him. But ye have done a thing late that God is displeased with you, for ye have lain by your sister, 
and on her ye have gotten a child that shall destroy you and all the knights of your realm. What are ye, said Arthur, that tell me these tidings? I am Merlin, and I was he in the child's likeness. Ah, said King Arthur, ye are a marvellous man, but I marvel much of thy words that I must die in battle. Marvel not, said Merlin, for it is God's will your body to be punished for your foul deeds. But I may well be sorry, said Merlin, for I shall die a shameful death to be put in the earth quick, and ye shall die a worshipful death. And as they talked this, came one of the king's horse, and the king mounted on his horse, and Merlin on another, and so rode on to Carleon. And anon the king asked Ector and Ulfius how he was begotten, and they told him, Uther Pendragon was his father, and Queen Egwene his mother. Then he said to Merlin, I will that my mother be sent for, that I may speak with her, and if she say so herself, then I will believe it. In all haste the queen was sent for, and she came and brought with her Morgan le Fay, her daughter, that was as fair a lady as any might be, and the king welcomed de Grain in the best manner. CHAPTER Twenty One. Right so came Ulfius, and said openly that the king and all might hear that were feasted that day, Ye are the falsest lady of the world, and the most traitress under the king's person. Beware, said Arthur, what thou sayest, thou speakest a great word. I am well ware, said Ulfius, what I speak, and here is my glove to prove it upon any man that will say the contrary, that this queen Igraine is causer of your great damage, and of your great war. For, and she would have uttered it in the life of King Uther Pendragon, of the birth of you, and how ye were begotten, ye had never had the mortal wards that ye have had. For the most part of your barons of your realm knew never whose son you were, nor of whom you were begotten, and she that bare you of her body should have made it known openly in excusing of her worship and yours, and in likewise to all the realm, wherefore I prove her false to God and to you and to all your realm, and who will say the contrary, I will prove it on his body. Then spake Egraine, and said, I am a woman, and I may not fight but rather than I should be dishonoured, there would some good man take my quarrel. More, she said, Merlin knoweth well, and ye, Sir Ulfius, how King Uther came to me in the castle of Tintagal, in the likeness of my lord, that was dead three hours to four, and thereby get a child that night upon me. And after the thirteenth day King Uther wedded me, and by his commandment, when the child was born, it was delivered unto Merlin, and nourished by him. And so I saw the child never after, nor wot not what his name, for I never knew him yet. And therefore, Ulfius said to the queen, Merlin is more to blame than ye. Well I wot, said the queen, I bear a child by my lord King Uther, but I wot not where he is become. Then Merlin took the king by the hand, saying, This is your mother. And therewith Sir Ector bare witness how he nourished him by Uther's commandment. And therewith King Arthur took his mother, Queen Igraine, in his arms, and kissed her, and either wept upon other. And then the king let make a feast, that lasted eight days. Then on a day there came in the court a squire on horseback, leading a knight before him wounded to the death, and told him how there was a knight in the forest had reared up a pavilion by a well, and hath slain my master a good knight, his name was Miles. Wherefore I beseech you that my master may be buried, and that some knight may revenge my master's death. Then the noise was great of that knight's death in the court, and every man said his advice. 
Then came Griflet, that was but a squire, and he was but young, of the age of the King Arthur, so he besought the king for all his service that he had done him to give the order of knighthood. End of Book One, Chapters 17 through 21.